This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 22. This is Writing Excuses Middle Grade with Eric Patton. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And this is Eric, back with us again. Hello. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Eric, remind us again what you write. I, I write middle grade fiction, which is very appropriate for this podcast. My book is <laughs> Return to Exile. Uh, the Hunter Chronicles is the series. The second one comes out in either December or March, depending on when Simon & Schuster settles on a date. Yes, and this right now is July, so it's probably yes. already out. Yeah. By the time this, By the airs, time this airs, they'll be out. <laughs> so, um, All right, so we're going to talk about middle grade as a genre, which we haven't narrowed in on um, before. Um, and Eric is our local expert, though I technically have written middle grade. I kind of wandered into it. The Alcatraz books were published middle grade. I wrote them with Alcatraz at 15, which actually puts them a high, a high middle grade or young YA, depending on which market, um, which editor you're talking to. Um, and then we, we wrote them down to 13 because we felt that they matched middle grade better, their, their plot sequences mm -hmm. did. So I ended up in middle grade there. Mary, you've done one middle grade. I've done one middle grade, uh, which was the first thing... Uh, you know, the first thing they got me writing again. I haven't yeah. published any, but in the in my puppetry world, mm -hmm. the bread and butter of puppetry is it's the middle, middle grade, grade audience. Yep. Now, there there's no quicker way to start an argument among publishers and editors yes. than asking them to define age groups. But to the best of our abilities, let's say very quickly, what do we mean by middle grade? Middle grade are books that a teacher or librarian give to a kid rather than a kid buying themselves. Excellent. <laughs> wow, that is the best definition I've ever heard. Uh, conversely, the other definition could be middle grade books are books for older kids, but that are still in the children's section. Mm -hmm. um, they are shelved it's, it's in the, the independent the reader section. between chapter books yep. and YA. And um, YA is outside the children's yes. section. So if the kid is old enough, that you wonder, you know, the, the old enough, they're like sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, maybe fifth graders. If they're old enough that they're becoming a teen, but they're still young enough that they don't mind going into the children's section, these are the kids that's like, kids club, yay, I'm the king of the kids club, I'm the oldest kids in the kids club. These are kind of the middle grade kids. And, and people get confused about it a lot because um, the Harry Potter series started yes. middle grade and transitioned to YA. It did. And that does happen fairly often, although she's the best example of doing yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I think that that's actually the, the trend. You sort of have mm -hmm. to start there because this is according to people I've talked to, yeah. but there really isn't a YA boy market. Maybe no, you've talked isn't. about that before. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about it, but the YA, there is a, there's a fall-off point um, for, for boys at about 12 or 13 where, for whatever reason, they stop reading. Sometimes it hits a little bit earlier. Yeah, and I was um, told they jump just right into fantasy. Yeah, uh, they, a, lot they, of them. a lot of them will jump to adult. Um, and a lot of them just stop reading. We lose boys around the sixth grade age, like in droves. Uh, for whatever reason, they just stop reading. And this is why whenever they talk about a reluctant reader book, it's usually a boy book. It's usually like some young teen playing basketball. Those books are the books that they're trying to get the boys that drop off at that age to keep reading. Yeah, and if you can capture them mm -hmm. before then, then you kind of age your characters up and you can kind of keep that audience as you're yeah. kind of... I don't going know if there young adults isn't age, one, but... but yeah, there's, I mean, Christopher Palini managed to grab some sort of audience, but, you know, you would, you could argue he was young YA, even from the get-go, rather mm -hmm. than, um, or rather than middle grade. Well, uh, and Rick Riordan's an yeah. interesting example, because he yeah. does, 
uh, he started in middle grade, right? Percy Jackson, the right. character was 10 years old, aged him up for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the character aged up, and now his new series that he's starting are actually in the YA section. Uh-huh. But I think most of the people reading them are actually middle graders. Right. It's still kind of the same audience, but he kind of managed to keep part of his audience and gain new audience and... Uh, seems to be a common trend if you write on that upper end of the middle grade section because i mean it's actually a huge yeah. segment right it there's is. diary yeah. of a wimpy kid mm-hmm. on one end and there's there's the percy jackson stuff on the upper mm-hmm. end and they're very very different kinds of books so now i'm thinking uh hearkening back 33 years ago when i was in fifth and sixth grade yeah um i moved from uh i think the old uh hardy boys books mm-hmm. which uh yeah my dad would hand me um and got bored with those and he handed me the hobbit yeah yeah and, and this is and what you my, were saying eric happens yeah, a lot yeah. hobbit lord of the rings mm-hmm. and then yeah. larry sixth, sixth grade fiction. is when i stopped reading kid books and started reading Anne mccaffrey um but Anne mccaffrey was shelved in the children's section in my uh, my local library because so many kids enjoyed Anne mccaffrey i was offended which is why i know this i volunteered <laughs> at the library That's i was funny. offended as a as a um as a, a kid in young high school that Anne McCaffrey was in there, so I'm like, no, this is adult books. That you can tell is the distinguishing mark of someone in YA and not middle grade. When they get mm-hmm. offended if their books are called kids' books, they're yeah. YA, not okay, middle grade. Okay, so 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 now that we've got that definition mm-hmm. more or less out there. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, that all of our listeners are <laughs> screaming just, at their computer monitors at let, how wrong let, we let's are. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the differences. As you as you write middle grade how is that different from writing a YA book? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot less um, complex situations. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how how extensive can I go on this? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get into sex. I, I didn't want to say the word sex. You can say the word sex. Yeah. Okay. We had a whole episode about sex. Okay. Awesome. No, we didn't. Awesome. It was only okay. one question. I, <laughs> I, I wanted to know if this was middle grade friendly or not. So yeah, no, uh, we are fine. doing a middle grade podcast that is not middle grade friendly. Oh, <laughs> you can talk about sex in, in middle okay. grade, to middle grade kids. Maybe not in Utah. I grew up in Nebraska. <laughs> they talked about it to us a lot. All right. So I think. I think one of the things. Right. Romantic subplots are out. Um, but it's also a focus. I mean, when you're writing middle grade, it's really mm-hmm. on sort of the change, right? It's yeah. that you're, the character the is evolving, it's transitions based. Um, and I think that the, the drivers in it, I mean, they're usually like quest type books. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you have a lot, of, a lot of focus on like maintaining the establishment. Yeah. Right? That's kind of the goals are oriented around uh, obtaining something to keep something in place from changing. Right, it's Interesting. a resistance to change. Where, I, as I think, the YA stuff, the young adult stuff, is the opposite of that. It's huh. actually like bring down the establishment. Uh, it's a it's a starting goal rather than a stopping goal. Usually, that's pretty awesome. I've never heard it described that yeah, way, but it that, fits really well. It does fit really well, and it explains you know things like the huge boom of dystopian we're seeing yeah. is a distinctly YA boom because mm-hmm. that's what it's about is bringing mm-hmm. down. The status quo. And, and even if it's uh, romances, right? Mm-hmm. Romances are about starting something, not right. about stopping something. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's, for me, I mean, I thought about it and I was like, what is the distinction? What, what really is the difference between these? Because there's clearly something that's appealing to YA readers that's not as appealing to middle graders and vice versa. So. You know, I've, um, I've often heard it explained also as um, middle grade kids love the whimsical adventure. And that's still fine. They are, they're willing to go with you out 
And this is why you see so many, um, so many middle grades being the transition out of our world to someplace fun. Uh, they want to kind of escape the mundane and still kind of have that, that maybe even a little bit childish desire to do that, but it's inside of all of us. Whereas the YA kids want conflicts relating to them. Um, like school is big in YA and not so big in middle grade. Um, because and it, they'll happen in both. I, I, we should say mm -hmm. that there are no hard fast rules. Diary of a Wimpy Kid takes place a lot in school, though it's done in a very whimsical kind of, um, you know, in picture form, divorce yourself from reality. Where Twilight is like, let's bring the strange to school and let's, you know, have angst in school because that's what we do. And that is, um, those seem to be hallmarks kind of of the genres. Yes. One thing that I would say that, that I find from, from the puppetry side mm -hmm. is that. Um, you know the 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 sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth audience uh -huh. uh, has a lot fewer boundaries mm -hmm. than older yeah. kids, um, and they're still trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And then I think that is part of the reason that the, the the focus on the status quo is so interesting to them, because they. I don't want to say that they're looking for things that are a guidebook because that sounds like mm, mm -hmm. right preachy things. <laughs> right. But but there is a certain amount of oh that's how that works. Um, right, and you know when you're when you're dealing with them in audience form, that becomes live audience form. That that desire to understand the rules uh, becomes much more apparent because you'll uh, you'll sometimes trigger the uh, the herd effect with them, where one kid will do something and then they all do it because they're like, okay, so they're doing it and getting away with it. That must be the right way to do things. And I think that in fiction that you see a lot of that, that trying to figure the rules out. Like, you know, with Harry Potter, that's how do I fit into this world? What are the rules? Mm. And, and how That's do I a very in? good way of putting it, too. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, let's go ahead and stop for our book of the week. Eric's actually going to pitch a book of the week at us. You are going to do Red Pyramid, I believe? Red Pyramid, Rick Riordan. So if you haven't read the Percy Jackson series, this is sort of the Egyptian version of that series. You've probably seen the movie if you haven't read the series, but... Uh, it is uh, Red Pyramid is about uh, uh, Carter and Sadie Kane who mm -hmm. uh, destroy the um, Rosetta Stone at the beginning of the book and sort of unleash havoc on the world okay. as a result. Uh, and uh, Set is released and they sort of have to stop him from building a Red Pyramid in Phoenix. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting book. Cool. Cool. Head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse you can start a 30-day free trial membership and listen to The Red Pyramid by Rick Riordan and uh, pick up other books for 30% off. All right. I've got kind of a hard question for you, Eric. I, I want oh, you to try man. and field this one. Um, a lot of things when we talk about writing for, for kids, uh, middle grade in particular, there is a discussion of simplifying the stories but not writing down. And wrapping my right mind around how to exactly do that, how to simplify but not be you know, condescending. How do we do that? I, I don't, okay. actually. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, 
Dan, Dan's read my book. My book mm -hmm. is described as complex. Okay. Uh, it's a complex book brimming with imagination, mm -hmm. as, as the quote says on the front. Um, but no, I, I don't believe, I believe in, in creating smart characters uh -huh. and writing them as smart characters and, uh, and not really dumbing it down. You Giving can have them fun difficult with it. problems well, see, to solve. I, I, I would say that that's not writing down. But I do think you can simplify without writing down, which is what I'm trying to get at. And this is what people keep trying to tell me to do for this. How long is your book? It's uh, 500 pages. Okay. Do we know? Yeah, but it's we're very large. Very large. It's, it's, it's about it's much uh, bigger and more complex than you would expect. Okay, a for a middle grade, grade. it's about right. 115,000. Oh, wow, that is wow. Long. Yeah. that is really that long is for awesome. That's long yeah. for YA. That's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a big book. It's actually been a barrier for us because uh -huh. in foreign language right. rights and other yeah. areas, it, nobody um, wants to pay Scholastic, I mean, I've, I've kind of got some good sales numbers and things. They wouldn't let me go over 50. Oh, yeah, see, even with <laughs> my, like, I wrote one at 55, they made me cut 5,000. Yeah. See, that's where I was going to mm -hmm. go with this, except that then you completely bucked the yeah. trend. <laughs> um, is that I think it's that one reason that you have yeah. to simplify in YA is not because of the kids, it's because right. of the length. The size of the canvas is smaller. Right. And this gets into the difference between writing short fiction and writing yep. long fiction. You're writing a novella. Right. Yeah. Except for you. Except for me. <laughs> except for I, I don't write that way. How, I, many, um, how many viewpoints you got? Just one. Just one. Okay. Yeah, there's it's, it's a, a way, third person there's limited. A way to simplify. There's a way to simplify without dumbing down. Yeah. And that's the primary way. In fact, I've been told this time and time again for kids. Stick to one or two viewpoints is usually the good way to go. And you can be in one viewpoint far more complex with that one character mm -hmm. than um, if you had three characters, you have to simplify even more. Um, just to keep your plot reined in. Yes, and this yeah. is this is true of all short fiction, Brandon. Uh, one thing that I will point out as a, a simplification in Return to Exile that you maybe didn't even do on purpose is that every scene is a chapter. You yep. know, the chapters are very it, simple it's true. because and it's, I wrote really short. You know, chapters. let's uh -huh. do this one thing. You know, let's do this chase through the dark while I'm being chased by monsters. That's one scene in one chapter. And you have ends. attention span chapters. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. I actually had really long chapters, and I went back, and it just wasn't flowing well. The pacing felt mm -hmm. off to me, and all I did was add chapter breaks. Mm -hmm. That was it, and it made this huge difference in the pacing of the book. I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's all I need. So my chapters are about five to ten pages, and that was one of the things that I did is just, yeah. just tacked mm -hmm. them down and found good cutting points. Here's another thing we can point out about middle grade and YA. I think I've pointed out in the podcast before, but I do think it affects the genres. Um, they are not segregated by content. Mm -hmm. Meaning when you go into the bookstore library, mm -hmm. yes. except Warren, for YA. They're, YA is, YA is, is now. becoming very they, they are, compartmentalized. But, um, but middle grade still isn't. Middle grade is not. Middle grade is not segregated by content. You go in and they shelve them by author name with the historical books sitting next to the fantasy novels. Yep. YA has split off um, paranormal mm -hmm. romance. Have they Paranormal split off Romance others? has split. Dystopia, it, in, for a lot of bookstores, has now split has into split. its own. Yeah, and I think there's um, even an adventure yeah. now that uh, Barnes and Noble introduced. Well, yeah, uh, adventure. I think YA is adventure is, or something. is the, that the, the, uh, the adventure category is. My guess is that that's their attempt to to put all the boy books in one place. Right, yeah. um, and I noticed that with YA splitting, which was very interesting to me, but. Hmm. It seems to me that the reason that they don't segregate by content in middle grade is because the kids, as you mentioned earlier, are much more willing to seem to just take what comes. And they can laugh on um, one page and have great drama on the next page with far less problem than it seems that adults do. We mm -hmm. want to know if a book is a funny book or a crying book. And we want our books to kind of 
Well, and, and I'm actually a little sad that YA yeah. is going that same direction. Because yeah. YA yeah. used to be the great boundless frontier where everything was mashed together. Yeah. And now we have 13-year-old kids that are already identifying themselves by, oh, yeah. I read paranormal. Do, do we care about yeah. YA, though? I do. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Well, I mean... <laughs> well, you bite your tongue, Eric. Because... <laughs> Yes, because in order to grow your audience, because yeah. your audience oh, is yeah. always they, they aging get older. out. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're sort of fixed in my mind. That's though. what yeah. we were talking about earlier is grow up. how many middle grade authors end up growing their audience through YA. And that's because the middle grade window is very small. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. once you've grabbed them, it's not enough to just let them go and grab their little brother. You want to keep them. That's why Rick Riordan wrote, you know, Lightning Thief. And then moved on with the Red Pyramid to a distinctly YA series because he wants those same kids to keep reading him. Yeah, even though they, they really have the same feel as the Percy mm-hmm. Jackson books. Mm-hmm. And they're written at sort of the same level as the Percy Jackson yeah. books. These are in part marketing decisions yep. um, yeah. that we kind of have to live with, just like genre is in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this, you know, one of those other marketing decisions that we haven't actually addressed directly is that marketing and sales tend to want the protagonist to be two years older yes, than the target audience. Very good point. I, I've actually heard mm-hmm. that uh, 13 is just a cutoff. If you're at Barnes Noble, if mm-hmm. you are over 13, you're in YA. If your main character is over 13, mm-hmm. you're categorized in YA. And if younger, then you're in middle grade. Is that, is that what, okay. I, I've heard I've that, heard but it, yeah. for 13 year olds ridiculous to me, but, um, is, the, is yeah. the cutoff. That a 13 year old is still a middle grade reader. And so a 14 year old protagonist is a book written for a 13 year old. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but that's. Well, I, th- I think Beyonders is a good yeah. example of that. Mm-hmm. Brandon Mole's stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his main character in that is 14, but it's I think it's still technically a, a middle grade book. Yeah, okay. because it would be written for 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But by the... By the... By the yes. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, every there you can always find examples that break out of this, and you should, because yes. these these things, the more we delineate them, mm-hmm. the more rigid they become, the kind of the worse it is for us. They're necessary evils. We yes. deal with them because of what they do for us, but we don't want to become slaves to them. Otherwise, something like... Um, oh, Ender's Game with yeah. the six-year-old protagonist. Right, right. I was going to say, <laughs> but not. yes, that's a, that's a yeah. kid's book, right? Yeah. That's right. It's for four-year-olds. For four-year-olds, yeah. exactly. All right, let's go ahead and do a writing prompt. Someone got one for us? Um, no. Book for four-year-olds. Silence. Yes. No. <laughs> Write a book uh, with a four-year-old protagonist written for adults. Oh, no, even harder, for middle-grade audience. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's that's be super tough. hard. All okay, right. yeah, now I'm excited. All right, been right excuses. You're out of excuses. And Eric, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Everyone go right now. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. 
In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 